We are back. Welcome to 2021 and to episode 20 of Breakout Culture. I'm Ed Vasey and I'm none other than the culture editor of Country and Townhouse magazine. And I'm Charlotte Metcalf, and I'm the associate editor at the magazine. So we are back in lockdown. Now we started Breakout Culture or Lockdown Culture as it was called then in March last year when we had our first lockdown. We did think about reverting back to calling ourselves Lockdown Culture. Are you still with me here? But we thought we'd stay optimistic and stick with breakout culture, which is the name we changed it to when the first lockdown ended, because we thought we were going to break out. But anyway, we don't want to yo-yo, so we're just going to stick with our current name, which is breakout culture, and we're going to stick with giving you the most interesting guests and cultural news we can find every week, even though we're all stuck at home bored to tears. Do you realise this is actually the 30th episode we've now recorded together, Ed? Oh, I see. So we've done 10 lockdown and 20 yep. breakout. 30 <laughs> episodes. It feels like a lifetime. <laughs> feels like a lifetime. But anyway, the thought of our 30th podcast is like lockdown made all the more bearable by the prospect of a glass of wine. And that's why we're so lucky to be sponsored by the Great Wine Company or the Great Wine Co. They're suggesting a biodynamically produced New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc from the owner Michael Saracen, the cinematographer responsible for all sorts of huge Hollywood hits from Midnight Express and Bugsy Malone all the way through to Harry Potter 3. So if you want a Hollywood glass of wine, order your New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc from Michael Saracen, courtesy of the Great Wine Co. Yes, well, what an appropriate wine for a cultural podcast. And um, we should certainly raise a glass of it to the great British director, Alan Parker, who directed both Bugs and Malone and Midnight Express, who sadly died in 2020. Anyway, it's delicious wine, guaranteed to uplift a dreary January lockdown evening. And you can get that wine and many more from the Great Wine Company. So go to their website, greatwineco.com co.uk to find all kinds of wines and champagne including biodynamic organic and vegan wines and they'll deliver anywhere in the uk so perfect for everyone trapped at home like we are and the good news keeps coming because we have to remind you that actually if you order some wine from the great wine company and you use the code breakout all one word in capital letters you will get 10 percent off any of the wine that you order until the end of January. So if you not only want your wine delivered and you want 10% off, this is the way to do it. Somebody thought uh, of saying that I should mention that you might be doing dry January, but actually if my Twitter <laughs> feed is anything to go by, dry January ended at eight o'clock on the 5th of January as people watched Boris's uh, announcement. So I can't believe any of you are doing dry January. I'm certainly not. I was quite... Um, relatively teetotal actually through the first lockdown, but I do actually genuinely enjoy a delicious glass or two of wine every night and I don't feel guilty about it in the slightest. So let's start the breakout culture year with something that's really gonna cheer us all up and move to our first guest. Now, Patricia Hammond was described by the Times as the leading lady of the retro party scene, as the singer who can go from Handel in a cathedral to hot jazz in a cocktail bar on the same night. She's been praised by Michael Parkinson. She's sung in the Bundestag for Angela Merkel and President Macron to mark the World War I centenary. She works frequently as a duo with the multi-instrumentalist Matt Redman, and their CD, Songs of the Great War, has been featured on the BBC and radio stations around the world. 
Patricia's used to performing in grand concert halls like the Royal Opera House, but for just 33 quid, she and Matt will perform any song you like in your living room. Now, luckily for us, Patricia Hammond got in touch with Ed and we thought we'd love to get her and Matt on this podcast. Like Ed and I, they started infiltrating the nation's living rooms during the first lockdown. And now they're here with us today to tell us how it all works. Good morning, Patricia and Matt. Good morning. Good morning to you. Brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. And uh, I've obviously met many multilinguists, but I've never met a multi instrumentalist before unless you count Paul McCartney quick name drop tell us Matt as a multi-instrumentalist how many instruments do you play oh this is the million pound question (laughs) million instrument question. Uh, the million instrument question and it depends how you categorize them but in my hands right in front of me I can tell you that to date uh, on our YouTube series I've played 51 instruments. Nice. I do play a lot more, but there's only so many that I can fit in. in, in and you know, sometimes in one he plays sort of more than one at one time. Definitely. You know, the xylophone and the and the accordion, the guitar and the foot drum. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of multi, multi-time, whatever you call that, simultaneous playing going on as well. But you basically play all the main instruments. That's that's very kind of you. I, I like to say that I specialise in plucked fretted string instruments. So <laughs> things things that are derived from uh, guitar, mandolin, banjo families. But there's a lot to go there, as well as keyboard instruments. And the not many wind, not many no, wind. He does, really play do the, he does play them. He plays, plays a one-handed, indeed, one-handed tabor pipe. Well, I played that. People, yeah. people need to go and check out some videos because I do play some really interesting ones, including the contra guitar, which is an eighteen-string guitar. Okay, so so let's go back to what you you actually do for everybody. I mean, because we think it's a brilliant idea, and I John gather you stop me disappearing down a rabbit hole. It is fascinating. It does need a whole episode onto onto itself. It really is. Yeah. Well, well, I gather you've performed about 300 requests so far. And um, I'm just wondering how you got it all going. It's really interesting when you tell people that you'll do any song, any song at all, they kind of want to test you. And uh, we've had a few tests. That was very interesting. And also it's a great opportunity for friends and family members who have spent their entire lives, more or less, or your entire life saying, you know what you should do more? Bette Midler, you know, you'd really get famous if you did some country, you know, people who, who tell you what you ought to be doing. And then suddenly in, in, in March, it was, well, here's your chance. <laughs> here's your chance. I think, it, I think it actually started out by uh, somebody who was uh, instrumental in getting the aforementioned Songs of the Great War album off the ground, actually said, look, I'm at home, my mother's at home, let's just do a concert and you can do some of these songs and a couple that you like. And then that worked and we did sort of did another concert and then somebody else got his friends on board uh, around the world and then sort of that was it. It was really amazing. The ball was rolling. It was amazing. It was that that first, those first requests were basically this marvelous man, Ian Rosenblatt. He he, uh, has had us perform at his, um, a couple of festivals. And he said, well, I like seeing your recitals. So uh, how, how much, you know, could I pay for a couple of recitals? And you just do them on the, on the YouTube. And so we did. And then, yeah. I know Ian Rosenblatt. Do you? He's a marvelous mm. man. I've stayed at his house 
Oh, <laughs> yes. 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 He's the most uh, magnificent figure. And they have this small... Oh, uh, sorry. They have a big house in a yes. small uh, village. And they did a summer correct. festival for many years. Yeah, it's called Branscombe Festival. Singers. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea of the connection. So, 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 for, yeah, amazing. so, so, he, well, he also supports Patricia. So well, I said to him years ago, he... <laughs> 10 years ago, Matt and I and, and some other musicians, we made this CD called Our Lovely Day. Mm. And 10 years ago now. And um, I sent it yeah, to him. Yeah, we're going to celebrate that coming up. Yeah, I sent it to him. And I thought, oh, how do I contact Ian Rosenblatt? And I just thought, oh, he lives in Branscombe. I can't imagine he's in some tiny hut. I'll bet if I just put Ian Rosenblatt, <laughs> Branscombe, it'll get to him. <laughs> Brilliant. No, he's amazing. No, that, that's a so good he story. really started it. It was it was great. We have endless gratitude to him in many ways. He oh, people people, people he is a great, yeah. great philanthropist. That's wonderful. You yeah. know you know each other. That's great. Some people believe in uh, re- really do believe in art music and uh, what some people are doing, you know. Yeah, and he's broad minded as well. So that's the mm. thing. You know, because when, when he first asked us to do these, I said, Well, do you want you know, we can do Schubert, we can do Strauss, and he says, We don't want that. We want to have some fun. <laughs> do some fun songs. And so so it has proved. But if you go to uh patriciahammond.com forward slash request yeah, you can you see that list, list of 300 300 songs and so far. i mean i don't know if uh so this is could... our opportunity to ask you about the weird and wonderful requests what what you, you mentioned earlier that people like to challenge you what what is a tricky song presumably one that goes up and down several octaves that people well, have thrown at you. Yes. Well, okay. We have had a Stravinsky. We've, we had Stravinsky. We've, you can hear some shuffling of papers because we had the foresight to print out the, the, the whole the list. Whole so list, we're not yeah. just looking at a screen that may flicker and disappear. Um, but yeah, the Str- Stravinsky, um, it's called the, the Four Russian Songs. <laughs> really? And they're, they're quite, well, they're quite quirky, shall we say. And also, we also had a request for, well, this was kind of, Hmm. I don't encourage everybody to to use the thirty three pound allocation to ask mm-hmm. for something this detailed, but it was some old roommates of Matt's from Cheatham's <laughs> who asked for the Earl König with all sorts of requirements. Oh yeah, they Matt all... had to play five instruments in it. He had to play. What did you have to? Put? What, what, what I had to dress that? up a shoe, but he had to dress up a shoe. But um, <laughs> I know also well, I have the a... ante though by buying a smoke machine and adding that to it. Oh, it's, it's a good episode. Hilarious. You should check that one out. <laughs> I, I but remember. People don't try and find sort of tricky languages like a Japanese drinking song. Or Do you something. know, we haven't <laughs> had that yet. It sounds like 33 quid is a bit of a snip. Well, it, it takes you're... about four days of rehearsals. Well, it, it depends. Right. It depends. You know, you get what you get what you get. Well, I think it's the most brilliant value present to give anyone in lockdown. Ed, I'm sorry, I didn't give you a Christmas present. So I think, would you be able to sing Ed's favourite song to him as a present right here and now. I mean, obviously, depending <laughs> what it is. Ed, actually, what is your favourite song? Well, actually, I chose Suspicious Minds, although... Why? Oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's on my running list, you know. It's one of these songs that I listen to when I jog along at two miles an hour. Oh, you want a fragment from that? Okay. Okay, off the cuff here, very fragmentally. Why can't you see...
bit of a fragment. Really? Oh, I can't really hear myself because of the, the apparatus. Oh, yeah, that's don't brilliant. have to clap at all. Well, that's, that's the zero pounds and zero pence version. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, £3.33 worth of suspicious. Well, we have this, one, we have this wonderful, wonderful mm. fan in, in, in Austria. She's, she's, um, and she's asked for Schubert, Purcell and uh, Indie Rock... Uh, Viennese indie rock. She's asked for Norwegian metal, which yeah. we did the other day. That's the that's the kind of request that we love. You probably know. the most bizarre, uh, probably the most surprising one for me, for me personally, has been Muddy Waters. I live the life I love. I love the life I. Live. Oh, that was good. We did that. We did. You see, when when we do a song, it's not always in its original context. Well, this I, is it. I, I I can't do that. I am so inappropriate in so many levels for that song. Something <laughs> that I really enjoy is taking a song and changing the context. So one thing that we've got quite a few is, uh, a few of, is the Joni Mitchell and uh, what's the other one oh, called? Oh, uh, Judy, uh, Judy, Judy Collins. Collins. That, yeah. that sort of style of singer. What you get for, you know, 33 pounds is a world-class mm -hmm. imaginative arrangement. And that's the thing, not one of these songs has not been arranged. So so if anyone can just go on your website and go to requests and and pay their 33 quid and you will come on and send it to somebody as a present and then you'd come on and perform and what an amazing yes. thing. Is that how it works? It's that very simply. It's ve it's even more simple than yeah. that. They just go to patriciahammond.com forward slash request, click on the link, Make the request. Yeah, you can just it's pay, a PayPal. Pay, PayPal. Me, it's very and then easy. you put in the note in PayPal. And then know, they instructions. Just, we we do them in groups of three yes. now. So then they're uploaded to publicly to YouTube unless otherwise every Monday, every Thursday. That's right. Publicly to YouTube every Monday and Thursday unless otherwise specified. And then there is just a wait time. Yeah. Unless otherwise specified. It if, would... if there's a birthday next week, we'll try and sneak it in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. it's gonna be about between two and four weeks uh, from the actual date requested. Very wildly, yeah. Yeah. And oh, well, then, that's and important to know. Yeah, good. How brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That was absolutely oh, fantastic. And what an inspiring thing to know about in a dreary lockdown new year. I expect your traffic to quadruple. <laughs> oh, that would be well, you've got a marvellous, marvellous podcast. Um, we really enjoy it. Well, you have gonna, such a yeah, wide variety done. of things on there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mention this and hopefully send folks your way. As well. <laughs> you guys are doing pretty well. Brilliant. Oh, thank Thanks you so much, so guys. Much. Thank you so thank much you. for having us Thank on. you so Thank you. Well, we were going to have some more guests on today, but the sudden lockdown has obviously put the kibosh on lots of people's plans. So we thought we'd tell you about what to look out for on TV, as well as some really good books to read. Ed, what did you read over Christmas? Oh, my God, you sound like my teacher. <laughs> Well, the really embarrassing thing, I haven't got it in front of me, so I can't remember the name of the author. <laughs> yeah, because I've got, got a sort of bit of an exercise craze on. I actually read this book called uh, Out of Thin Air, and it's about um, Ethiopian runners. It's by a uh, sociologist, whose name I'm going to try and find as we talk, uh, who spent, uh, I think, two years living with Ethiopian runners, who, of course are famous as our Kenyan runners for being probably the world's best endurance athletes. And Michael Crawley is the author, and he wanted to, you know, try and understand what it was gives uh, these runners their edge. And it's a, just a sort of very compelling, I would almost call it a mini memoir, of 
uh, and an insight into somebody living in a in a country that is obviously you know very different from the the UK and working with these extraordinary athletes and getting inside their heads and getting inside their culture as to uh, what makes them run and of course I think uh, you know countless records 5,000 kilometers 10,000 kilometers marathon records have been broken by runners from Ethiopia so I love that and also just to really make you roll your eyes I've also got this book called Exercised by Daniel Liebman which is all about you know the myths or not of exercise which is very interesting Daniel Liebman is a uh, Harvard professor and uh, it but it's written in a wonderfully compelling style and I've gone back to a book that I haven't read in which I'm quoted obviously so it's about my ego uh, <laughs> by the journalist and ex-Ed Miliband spin doctor Tom Baldwin who wrote a book a couple of years ago called Control Alt Delete which is all about how technology and the media to a certain extent are destroying our democracy which is was obviously very very compelling when we had the terrible President Trump in office, uh, hopefully we might be moving away from that. But it's a, it's a, it, uh, Tom used to be a journalist on the Times, so again, it's written brilliantly. But no novels, very embarrassing. I can't give you great novels, but that is why we have you on this podcast. Yes, now I've read lots of novels, but just very quickly going back to the Ethiopian thing. It's very interesting you should... Um pick that book because I've spent masses and masses of time in Ethiopia. I of made course about, you did. I've yeah, got your yeah. book. You Didn't you write a book about making a film in Ethiopia? Well, well, well loads of I've made eight films there, actually. Yeah, and, but you um, wrote a book as well about it. I did write a book about Ethiopia and the films I made there, and in fact, all over Africa. And the book's called Walking Away. And I think if you go on Amazon, you can still get it secondhand for about uh, 1p. Anyway, one of the films that I made there was called Schoolgirl Killer, about this girl who was... These girls, actually, this girl and her sister had been kidnapped, kind of raped and abducted into marriages. And the, my main character's sister was going to run for the Olympic team for Ethiopia before she was abducted. And so her, you know, hopes were shattered. But it's absolutely fascinating. So I am interested to know what does make her... You know, was there a conclusion? What is it about Ethiopia that produces all these incredible runners? Well, maybe we should have Michael Crawley on the podcast. Oh, maybe we should. Let's Good idea. Let's track him okay. down. Let's track him down because of your passion and interest and knowledge of Ethiopia. And my, <laughs> I wouldn't obviously say I'm anywhere close to being a runner. Michael Crawley, the, the author, who as well as being a sociologist, is also a brilliant long-distance runner and could have competed. I think he did compete for England, but when he was older. Uh, I think that make a fascinating interview. So that's I, I agree. number one from our banter. <laughs> so now I've let's got... move on to your brilliant novel, because you're so much better read than I am. <laughs> no, but I do love novels. And I have, I am halfway through uh, the Booker Prize winner, Shoggy Bane. And yes, can I, I just say... that for Christmas, but I didn't get it. But I Well, I think it's it. got the worst cover in the world. It's got a cover that just completely would put you off if you didn't know what was inside it. It looks like it's going to be the prequel to train spotting or something. You know, it looks really grim. It just looks as if we're going to be on some dreary Glasgow, terrible estate forever and ever, which we sort of are, but it's so beautifully written. It's absolutely and it the is most a extraordinary sort of memoir. book. I mean, it's based really on his real life experience, isn't it? 
It is. I mean, it's it's meant. To, I mean, I've I've heard him talk about it. Um, Douglas Stewart, the author, who's now a designer in New York, and oh, um, yeah, and his mother was an alcoholic and everything. It's completely lyrical and exquisite. So I can't recommend that more highly. And come on, change your cover, make it look a bit more inviting. And then the other two I read. One is a really really lovely book called The Mission House by Caris Davis, and it's a short novel, and it's all about this uh, very strange, damaged, goofy Englishman going off to India on his own to try and sort of find himself. And it all goes horribly wrong. And it's ju- it's just a wonderful story. It's sort of in this sort of rumour goddenish way. And then I read this extraordinary book called The Overstory. Which I've never heard of. Yeah, it's by Richard Pass. It's won a Pulitzer Prize. And funnily enough, I read somewhere in the week that... Um, Emma Thompson and her husband are mad about this book as well. And has it just it's, been published or is it... Um, no, it, it's not. It was published last year or even, I think, last year or even the year before. But it's about trees and it's about environmental activists. And first of all, I learnt a massive amount about trees. What do you mean it tells you about trees? It's about trees and how they all speak to each other and they how they do this is the new science that's coming out they all communicate yeah. through their roots and they have these micro exactly roots. exactly ed <laughs> you've yes. also got to get thomas pakenham's book about trees oh uh, yes but that's quite old isn't it, it that's is. a wonderful book that yes one wonder- tree theme yes no i agree that's a thomas wonderful Packenham book and his magnificent trees Yes, yes. Well, that's, <laughs> that's some good text for everybody. Trees. One of the subjects <laughs> that Simon Jenkins hasn't covered is covered by... Um, and he's also written about Ethiopia, Thomas Packenham. Maybe we should have him on. So, telly. Telly, telly. I'm much more comfortable talking about telly. And, of course, <laughs> uh, it's box sets are us, and everyone's done Bridgerton. I've done Bridgerton. My mother has done one episode of Bridgerton and has already discovered who the... Narrator is so. Just briefly, Bridgeton is a, a Regency. How Romeo. has your mother discovered who the narrator is? I know who's played by first, Julie Andrews. It's a Regency romance set in sort of eighteen twelve, eighteen thirteen. Uh, magnificent costumes and sets. Uh, obviously, high aristocracy and their love lives. Uh, what sets it apart, of course, is it has a multi-ethnic cast. Uh, it's effectively colourblind, and that uh, sometimes can cause controversy, needlessly in my view. Uh, it doesn't detract in any shape or form. It much it enhances, in my view, the um, the whole... Uh, uh, well, I think one person thing. in particular enhances it. <laughs> so the lead is, uh, what's he called? He's called the Duke of Hastings, that's right. And he's uh, played yeah. by, I think he's Canadian, Regé Jean Page. And when I put on Instagram that I was watching Bridgerton, you know, a couple of ladies said, well, there's a reason we're all watching Bridgerton. And I said, well, actually, I think there's a reason why straight men are even watching Bridgerton. I mean, he is the most magnificently beautiful human being I think I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. I was walking in Hyde Park um, at the weekend and two, I overheard two different lots of women just talking about the Duke of Hastings, (laughs) how hot he is. I mean, he is... He is gorgeous. I mean, it's just slightly exhausting watching him in sex scenes. I can't really cope with it. <laughs> but also the plot. I mean, it's great escapism. It's just wonderful. Yeah. It's it's. I, I compare it to Gossip Girl, which I think I may have mentioned in our first podcast. You have. You love it's, Gossip Girl. It's Gossip Girl <laughs> done as a Regency romance, and it's just uh, it's just brilliantly compelling uh, to watch. 
let alone the beauty of the actors and the sets. Yeah, and then one of the other thing I've started watching, which my daughter is gripped by, she's 16 and very annoyed about being back in lockdown and homeschooling. So it's quite difficult to get her not to be grumpy about any telly whatsoever, especially the Duke of Hastings, who she says is too old. <laughs> he's too old and he's got a beard. So she's the only girl in the world I know who yeah, doesn't like the, the Duke unique, of Hastings. The one yeah. person who does not fancy the Duke of Hastings yeah. is living yeah. in your house. <laughs> it's all right, I make up for it, don't worry. <laughs> but the serpent is really really chilling. It's set in 1975, which is my favourite era. And it's based on a real life story about a serial killer whose name I can't pronounce called Charles Sabrage or something like that. It stars Gemma Coleman as the girlfriend of this serial killer who's being played by Taha Rahim. And it's so tense. You've watched some of it, haven't you? It's just so intense. We we watched it uh, last night, my wife and I, and it it is one of those kind of shout at the television dramas. You know, don't do that. Don't get in the car. Don't do that. Oh, my God, what are you doing? Don't go back to the house. Don't go back to the house. Don't go back to the house. (laughs) It is brilliantly done. And, you know, the first episode drags a bit, but then it just gets going and sucks you right in. It really does. does, uh, It does it with a lot of flashbacks, which... at the beginning, it sort of slightly irritated me. They kept, it kept saying, you know, three months earlier, six months later. But actually, it works brilliantly. And it should be said that I can't remember the name of the actor, but there's a Dutch consul general who is on the tail of this killer because he's murdered two uh, Dutch students. And the kind of cat and mouse game is as, um, uh, you know, various people start to, you know, shop the killer and the Dutchman gets closer to catching him, as it were, is really compelling. So that's all we've got time for this week, but we're here now to brighten up your lockdown week in and week out. And also, if we are not enough for you, I find that hard to believe, but if we're not enough for you, you can also listen to our sister podcast too, which is brilliant. It's called House Guest. It's with Carol Annette, and it's about talking to top interior designers, which is a big lockdown theme, because if there isn't anyone listening to this who isn't thinking about how the hell to redesign their house because they're stuck in it for so long, I can't believe that's not the case. Yes, and you can find that and all our wonderful newsletters on the Country and Townhouse website, which, as I'm sure you all know by now, is countryandtownhouse.co.uk. We'll also post all the details of what we've been talking about and how to commission a song by Patricia and Matt there. And please do subscribe to our newsletters, which you can find at countryandtownhouse.co.uk forward slash newsletter, because especially this week, there's the thrilling news that Great British Brands 2021, the What's Next edition, is launching on the 15th of January with all the news of who's won our first ever awards. Thank you all for listening. I know some of you have even missed us. Hello, Rosemary. Yes, Rosemary in Lima, Peru, wrote in to say she was hooked. Oh, I love that. I know, we love that. We love you, Rosemary, in Peru. And we really are on a mission to cheer you all up and bring you everything we can do to lighten up your lockdown or whatever it is you're going through around the world. So I think what Charlotte is trying to say, please (laughs) keep listening. I'm now off for a glass of that Saracen New Zealand Sauvignon from our sponsor, The Great Wine Company. 